listening to Behind the Episode of Divorce Happy Hour. My name is John Knocklinger, and I am one of the co-hosts of Divorce Happy Hour. I'm also one of the co-owners of New Jersey Divorce Solutions Private Knocklinger, a divorce and family law firm in central New Jersey with offices located in Edison. Today on Behind the Episode, we're going to dive into episode number two, which was an entire episode about money and divorce. And uh, I really think that you should go back and listen to that episode because it really goes into a lot of interesting information about money and uh, the various ways that money comes up in a divorce. But today I want to talk about one specific issue that was raised in that episode, and that's um, this issue of employability. And employability means how much you can make if you get the right job that's commensurate with your skill set, right? So uh, sometimes this means that you're not working at all and we're saying how much you could be making. This could be a situation where you have a job, but it's different from a job you've had in the past and there's an argument that you're not earning as much as you could. Employability is sort of a broad of. Uh, phrase that really could mean a lot of different things. So I want to dive into two specific issues that come up very frequently in our cases and I think uh, are often misunderstood. So the first one is um, the situation of somebody who has not worked for a while and has been a stay-at-home parent. Um, That is a commonplace occurrence in today's world where one person will be working and one person will stay at home. Now, it's not as common as it probably was back in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s because we are predominantly a two-working parent society now, but it does happen quite a lot. And when we look at someone who's been staying at home and has not been working, the issue is really going to come to, number one, what are the child responsibilities moving forward? I mean, if the kids are really young, then we're going to have a situation where you're going to look at, okay, if they go back to work and we need childcare, how much is childcare going to cost? I mean, I just got through with childcare. My daughter, thankfully, is in first grade now, so we don't have full-time childcare anymore. But childcare is very expensive, $1,000 a month in a lot of cases for one child. A second child, you know, might make it $1,500 a month. That's a lot of money. And so if the stay-at-home parent can't make more than that, it makes no sense for them to work. And that's a practical consideration, right? Um, But we're not really talking about those situations. What we're talking about is the situation where a stay-at-home parent um, doesn't have that level of child responsibilities. Let's say the kids are teenagers or middle school or even in elementary school. And uh, you have you might still need childcare, but maybe just aftercare at the school, which is a lot less money. And we're we're talking about whether or not this person can go back to work. Now, a lot of that depends on two things: one, how long it's been since they worked, and what jobs they had when they were working, and two, what's their level of education. People, some people had a career, you know, got a degree and then had kids stopped working for a while, and now we're talking about them going back into the workforce. Other times, people had children very young and really never had any 
work history, never got a, a college education or an associate's degree or went to a trade school. And so they're starting from the beginning. So there's really, you really have to look at what, what situation the person is sitting in right now. And if they have a work history, those tend to be the most contentious because uh, inevitably the person who's arguing that that stay-at-home parent should be working is going to point to their past job and say, you should make the same as you did before. Um, And that might be true. I mean, certainly in today's um, economy, there is um, plentiful jobs out there, but it sort of depends on what your what your skill set is. You know, for example, if you have a skill set in IT, sure, there's a ton of jobs out there um, in that field. If your skill set was being a RN, a nurse, um, or something in the medical field, um, you probably can find a job pretty easily. So, but you have to look at: Do they need some training, some you know, some classes to get them up to speed on what's going on today? Um, but the issue really becomes, you know whether they should be working, and if they can, how much they can make. And again, that's subjective. There are, um, I'm using air quotes so you can't see it on the radio, but there are experts who do uh, opine on whether or not, um, wh- whether someone can work and how much they can make. And there's people that can do that. And all they do is they look at um, your education, your background, and they look at what jobs are out there and what those jobs are paying. And they come to some kind of, you know, opinion about what you can be making. But let's go to the the one that I think is harder to deal with, and that is the person who maybe doesn't have an education or any kind of specialized training and doesn't really have much of a work history before they had kids. So automatically you know that all things being equal, their earning capacity is going to be you know, not very good. Maybe minimum wage, maybe slightly above minimum wage. But even then, those sorts of salaries really don't justify paying for childcare. Um, but I would always, I always argue to my clients, I don't really care whether it justifies childcare or not. You have to start working again. And, you know, part of this is as it relates to support, obviously, you're deciding how much support somebody needs, child support, alimony, based on how much the parties are earning or can be earning. But really, if you weren't working, you need to go and get a job because you need to just assume that you're going to have to support yourself. Um, even if someone else is paying you support, don't ever rely upon that. Anything could happen. I, I mean, the argu- the thing I tell clients all the time is, the person paying you support could get hit by a car tomorrow and the support's gone. And if they didn't keep life insurance or have enough assets in their estate, you may be on your own. So you need to rely upon yourself. Um, but in those situations when we're when we're actually trying to resolve a divorce, it's hard because how much can someone make? It, that's really so subjective that it's it's actually kind of a, it's kind of a humorous conversation to have. Because it's so speculative of what someone could make. And that's why, um, and I think we talked about this on episode two, that you, that judges assume that a rock can make like twenty, dollars $30,000 a year, those sorts of salaries. Because it's really without something, without something for you to look at, 
and say this is how much somebody can make without going into this long analysis, it it's impossible to resolve cases. So that's why you know people will just throw out like 20 or 25 or 30, sort of just depending on the circumstances. And those, I think, are appropriate in most cases. So, um, so that's where I would get to uh, the imputation of somebody who's not working or hasn't worked in a while. Then there's the other side, which is somebody who's working, but maybe they should be earning a little bit more than they are earning. This happens, what happens sort of in two circumstances. One is somebody who's laid off. Um, and the new job they got pays less. And then there's the person who quits their job and then goes to a new position. So how are they the same? How are they different? Well, they're the same in that we're, we're really looking at earning capacity. So if you quit a job making $175,000 a year, and you took a new job making $160,000 a year, um, I don't really think there's much of an argument that we should be using the 175, particularly if you did this, you know, during the marriage, in consultation with your spouse, it wasn't, you know, wasn't nefarious. Um, now, if you, if you quit a job making 175, and you took a job making 90, and now we're getting divorced where there's support that needs to occur, um, I do think that you're going to have to go find a job making more money at that point. Um, even if you made that decision as a couple, because um, you know there are some there are some considerations there. Now you're going to have to two families instead of one, or two households instead of one that need to be supported. But the involuntary one is very difficult. Um, we see this come up a lot in post judgment cases. Post judgment just means you're already divorced. Now you have issues, and this comes up in those cases where somebody is laid off and they. Uh, find a new job, but it pays a lot less. And those cases are always difficult because on the one hand, you have to applaud the person for going and finding a new job. Um, and, you know, some people are so stubborn, you know, if they're making $100,000 a year, oh, I'm not going to take a job that only makes 50. Um, because there's a lot of ego, a lot of pride involved. But so, when people take a new position that makes less money, um, they're doing it because they don't have a choice. Um, not, I don't know a lot of people that purposely go out just to make less money, just to stick it to their spouse, because you're not giving your spouse half of what you make. You're giving them you know, a, a small percentage of what you make. And by making less money, it really doesn't make a lot of sense, because that's less money for you. But be that as it may, the argument's always that you should be making more. So then we get into a whole, you know, analysis and argument about, okay, well, I should be making more. How much more should I be making? And this get, really gets more into a, you should be working at that company instead of this company. Those arguments get really difficult too. So obviously I'm not going to go into this entire topic um for like hours and hours and hours. Just want to talk about it a little bit more and to really stress the fact that this is a complicated uh, situation. It's something that you need a an experienced attorney to guide you down the path of arguing. Um, there are many different ways to argue these issues, but at the end of the day, what you need is to settle. 
You don't want to have a judge make a decision. You want to settle. So settling means being reasonable about it from both sides. If you want the one working, you need to be reasonable. You need to work. If you have been working and you're not earning what you really should be earning, you need to be reasonable about that too. And I want to stress more than anything that when we talk about these issues, this doesn't mean you have to go and get a different job. What we're talking about is when we look at support, what are we using as your income? So in other words, we could use an income of you know, $35,000 for you, but you could decide I'm just not going to work. You're just going to get less support. I'm just not going to work. This isn't forcing somebody to work or change jobs. It's really just what support is based on. And that's really what this is all about. So anyway, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode two, uh, Money and Divorce. It is a great episode with lots of great information that I think you will find very helpful. And uh, please uh, visit our website frequently, divorcehappyhour.com. We post new podcasts every week. Um, and you know the podcasts are just getting better and better. We've been uh, having some wonderful guests on that we're providing a lot of interesting perspective on things. So pay attention to that. Social media, we are quite active on social media. You'll get lots of great um, articles, b- blogs that we've written over the years about all kinds of topics. Uh, we're, search for us on Facebook, NJ Divorce Solutions. Twitter, we're NJ underscore divorce. On, I'm sorry, that's Instagram. On Twitter, we're NJ Fam Law. And also, you can find us on LinkedIn. Also, search NJ Divorce Solutions. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time for Behind the Episode. 